All right, I have Oliver with me. Oliver, can you tell me what is your favorite toy? A sword. A toy sword. <laughs> a, a real live sword. A real live sword. Do you have a real live sword? <laughs> it's yes. just a toy one. A toy. <laughs> uh, what else? Wasn't there something else that you really liked? Um, slingshot. Yeah, that's really cool. And your toy guns, too? Yeah, and, and, and my BB gun. <laughs> yes, BB guns are a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for answering my question, buddy. One, two. Let's sit down and talk about your story. I'll show you that you're far from boring. Life's a whole lot better when you share with someone that cares. Hey you guys, welcome to Happy Talks. This is Erin. And this is Alexandra. And we're at Alexandra's house. Um, I met Alexandra for the first time at Foundry. Um, she is just she's so gorgeous. Um, but whenever I first started talking to her, uh, she was a fellow book lover. So I was like, instantly, I'm like, we can be friends. <laughs> this is all I need. You just have to love books <laughs> and you're in with me. And she just made the most delicious cup of hot chocolate <laughs> I've ever had in my life. So yeah, I am comfortable and I'm ready to hear all the things that she's got to say today. I'm excited. <laughs> so whenever I tell people about Foundry, I always say that you're one of the reasons I stayed Aww. because you were like the first person I met when I <laughs> walked in the very first Sunday and you were just so friendly and kind. Aww. And so I've been a fan of yours since the first day. <laughs> oh, well, I'm a fan of yours. You're a treasure and I, my life is better with you in it. So <laughs> I'm glad you feel the same. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you can go ahead and talk about your life, your story, and you can, it's easy if you start in childhood chronologically, but go ahead wherever you feel comfortable. Yeah. So I am from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, I was actually born in Florida, but have lived in Tuscaloosa pretty much my whole life. And I have three brothers and I'm in the middle. So I have two above me, one below me. Okay. And it was interesting growing up with all boys <laughs> yeah. and just me and my mom were the only females. Um, but it was good. Yeah. So, How do you feel like that affected you, like growing up with all brothers? I feel like, I don't know, I always saw my friends who had sisters and they argued a lot. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you know, catty stuff mm -hmm. or they would hold grudges really long. Yeah. And it was never like that with me and my brothers. Oh. If we got mad at each other, we would scream at each other or physically fight <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. And then it'd be done. And then it'd be done. <laughs> and so I feel like it's made me get over things pretty easily. Yeah. Um, so that's been nice. I mean, yeah. I'm glad that I don't hold grudges. And <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and cut people off. So oh, you need brothers will get life skills. <laughs> yes. Sounds great. Yes, a lot of them. Oh. Um, so I grew up with, um, i say it's like the typical Christian conservative family so what denomination well my parents grew up church of god which okay. is pretty strict um my mom had never been to a 
movie in a theater until she was like 45 years old. Oh, wow. Um, so they grew up pretty strict, okay. but then I grew up in a Wesleyan church, and so it's not um, quite as strict, <laughs> but we did grow up with a lot of rules that my parents had grown up with. So I had never been to a movie theater until I was 11, maybe, which is not okay. 45, right? But, <laughs> but still, for most people, that's odd. Mm -hmm. um, so we were homeschooled. Um, my mom started homeschooling my oldest brother when he was in kindergarten. And that was a really interesting experience. So I loved being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. um, we have a really large homeschool community in Tuscaloosa. Okay. And so even though I wasn't in school every day, we had co-op once a week, which we got to go and take classes and spend time with our friends. Um, we have homeschool sports in Tuscaloosa. So I have played multiple sports. I stuck with volleyball the longest. Oh, that's great. Um, I played for like six years and loved it. And so I really enjoyed it, but my brothers didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Um, so my oldest brother was homeschooled until 10th grade. And then he went to a private Christian school to play sports. Okay. Because um, at that time, the homeschool sports were not as established. Gotcha. Um, but the brother right above me, he did not really enjoy being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. um, and he ended up being homeschooled until he graduated high school. And it was oh. fine, but okay. it just wasn't his favorite experience. Yeah. But I loved it. Do you have an idea of what it was that they didn't like about it? He is more social than I am, so he he probably wouldn't agree with that. But he <laughs> he likes to be around people, and he is a very friendly person. And like he's got one of those personalities that people are just drawn to, and he likes to talk to people and just spend time with people. And I'm much more introverted than that, <laughs> and so. For me, I enjoyed being at home mm -hmm. and seeing people occasionally, whereas him specifically, I think, would have enjoyed more social, social socialization. <laughs> um, my oldest brother, I'm not really 100% sure. He's um, quite a few years older than me, I think like nine years older than me, mm -hmm. and so... I don't remember like what his reasons were because I was young yeah. when he was homeschooled. Um, and then the little one, the one below me, he is actually going into his senior year this year. Um, he'll turn 18 this month, actually. Okay. Homeschooled or? He is. He's okay. homeschooled. Um, I think he enjoys it because he enjoys the freedom of like getting to do work when he wants to. Yeah, on his schedule. That's yes. always nice. And yeah. so he's he's okay with it. Um, but he uh, he's just he's just a cool kid. He likes doing things with his hands and he um, 
he would also not say this, but he is a very outgoing person. <laughs> he would not say that. He would be like, I don't like people. But again, he just has a personality that people are just drawn to. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he's really sweet. He's got a good heart. So um, I love my brothers. It was definitely experience growing up with three boys. <laughs> but I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Um, and now I have two sisters-in-law who are incredible. Um, I feel like I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but they, um, so one of them, the one who's married to the brother right above me, has actually been my best friend since I was 12-ish, 13-ish. Um, she is like my favorite person in the entire world, next to my mom. Her and my mom are right up there together. Um, she is incredible. We've been best friends for many years, and then her and my brother fell in love, and now they're married and have two kids. And um, my other sister-in-law um, has been in our lives for, I guess, almost three years now, okay. and she is awesome. Um, I felt feel like she fit right in, and just we got to love her family and. They love us, and it's just a really good relationship. Um, but yeah, so grew up with those brothers, grew up homeschooled. What were your parents like? Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So my dad is a rule follower. Okay. Um, and I got that from him. <laughs> so he is the parent who... Um, I guess the more strict parent, you would say. He's the more strict parent. And um, I have learned as I've gotten older that I'm more like him than I realize. Um, but I also think that he was a little bit softer on me because I am the only girl. Yeah. And so he was a lot more strict than my mom. But he was also... He, he has a soft spot for, for his baby girl. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, my mom, we butted heads a lot growing up. I was kind of rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> and so growing up, we didn't have a good relationship. Mm. But she is one of my best friends now. Yeah. Um, Ever since I, probably when I started college and realized that she was right about everything, <laughs> like all the stuff she had told me growing up was actually correct and valid and all of those things, I was like, all right, she's pretty cool. Um, she is one of the most incredible people on the planet. She has friendships that she pours into and values and fights for. Yeah. Um, she welcomes people in her family in a heartbeat. She is non-judgmental and compassionate and loving and kind, but at the same time, if you're doing something that you are not supposed to be doing she's gonna sit down and have that conversation with you about how you know you can kind of get back on track and yeah. so she's awesome um my dad is the person that I call 
whenever I need something. <laughs> so, um, if I need to know how to fix my toilet that has fallen apart or <laughs> something's wrong with my car, he's my go-to person. I know he's always going to answer the phone or call me back if he doesn't answer right. um, and be able to help. And so... I have a really good family. It was it was a it was a good childhood, as far as they are concerned. Um, they had us in church, but they also know that it's not the church's responsibility to um, disciple children. That it's their responsibility as parents, and so we were in church, but we also spent time at home where we would read the Bible together um, every night before bed my dad would ask and still asks my little brother because he's still at home um, did you read and pray mm-hmm. and so it was a very um, I guess good environment to grow in mm-hmm. um, and so they have shaped me more than like I even realize now. I feel like you realize more and more <laughs> as you get older yep. how much your family has played into your life, whether mm-hmm. good or bad. And for the most part, I'm blessed and thankful to be able to say that they have shaped a lot of the good things in my life. Good. So, um, that doesn't mean that there hasn't been hard things. Yeah. Um, so, I grew up in the church, and I think I was probably nine or ten when I actually, you know, prayed the prayer to ask Jesus to be my Savior. Um, I was at a church camp for my aunt and uncle's church, actually. Okay. And I just remember realizing in that moment that just because I went to church and read my Bible and prayed and all of those things, that didn't necessarily mean that I had a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was like, I do want a relationship. I do want to you know, have that dependency on God and know that I can turn to Him no matter what. And so they did like, you know, the altar call and I went forward and prayed and I didn't really know anybody there because it was my aunt and uncle's church. And so one of the leaders came and prayed with me and um, I think the next day that leader saw me and my aunt in the bathroom and was like, Oh, did Alexandra tell you that she prayed the prayer and asked Jesus to be her savior last night? And my aunt was like, no. (laughs) And like, I hadn't told anybody because I, I don't know. I just, I guess that's the kind of person I am. I just, I do something and then I go on about my life. Yeah. You don't do it for others. Yeah. And so she told like my uncle and my parents and everybody was like, what? (laughs) Um, So I think that was when I was about nine or ten, and I guess I really 
had a good relationship with God until I was probably, I think I was 13 or just turned 14. Um, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer mm-hmm. and it was really bad, but also they called it like just in time. Yeah. Um, and so when she found out and she told us, um, I was devastated, first of all, because I, I feel like as a kid, a lot of times you think cancer and death. Like yeah. You don't realize that there are treatments and just because somebody's diagnosed with cancer doesn't mean they're going to die and all of those things. Right. And so I was devastated, but I also felt a lot of pressure to kind of step up and take her place mm-hmm. because once she started chemotherapy, it was really hard for her. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it just made her sick and she just had a really hard time having the energy and the strength to, to do all of the household things. She yeah. was a stay-at-home mom, so I just felt a lot of pressure to step up and to do the mom things. <laughs> and we, um, my family was a foster family at that time. Okay. And so it was not only me and my brothers, but we also had foster children. Okay. And so I think that my heart just really hardened toward not only God, but towards my family as well during that time. Um, And I think I just resented the fact that I was expected to do mom things when I was only 13 or 14. Um, And looking back, that's one of my biggest regrets because now with my mom as my best friend, I would do anything to go back and change that and to support her better but at the time you know I was 13 and so I didn't um and so during that time I got into a relationship that now as an adult who has been to therapy and you know, processed things I realized was abusive. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, it was somebody that was really close to me. And I thought that it was a genuine caring relationship. And now I know that it was more um, manipulative and controlling. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was, I mean, that's still pretty young, 13, 14. I was not only manipulated and controlled by somebody much older than me, but he also sexually abused me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took me a long time to realize that that's what it was. Um, I was actually probably a junior in college before I realized that it was sexual abuse. Um, And so that went on for a while probably at least a year. And I think just the combination of my mom being sick and me feeling all this pressure to be the woman of the house and this particular person taking advantage of that because, Mm. you know, um, the person knew full well 
everything that was going on. Um, yeah. And it was just a really hard time. And uh, I didn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. So I had a few friends who knew that this person had kissed me. Mm-hmm. And that was the extent of it. Nobody knew anything else um, until I was 16 or 17. And I just got overwhelmed carrying the weight of that and told a friend from church. And she, she was only a year older than me. And so while she expressed empathy and, you know, I'm so sorry that that's how that worked out and all of those things, I still didn't realize at the time how negative the situation was. Yeah. Um, and so I finally ended up sharing it with my youth pastor, actually, mm-hmm. and um, he took some steps because of the age difference Mm -hmm. and him being a mandated reporter and you know he had to do a few things and so through that I had to tell my parents Mm -hmm. and that was probably one of the most defining moments in my life because I was devastated to have to share that with my mom um I remember it vividly Mm -hmm. and so I remember feeling like I had just completely disappointed her and let her down. And um, I recently saw redemption in that, though, because I talked to her about the situation again just in December of 2021. And I shared with her that... Now, as an adult, I realized that there was abuse in that relationship and that while I did make decisions that were not good decisions, that I was not an innocent bystander to what happened to me. And she received it incredibly well. And um, it was a better conversation than I could have even imagined. And so I was able to see the redemption of not only she was like, she was never disappointed in me. Yeah. And now I have been able to share with her what that relationship and that experience actually was for me. And she accepted that. Um, She actually said one of the most powerful, meaningful things. When I told her, she said, as far as I'm concerned, you will never have to see this person again. Mm. Um, And that's really big because the person is still involved in my family's life. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it meant a lot for her to say that. Um, And so that situation, while there are times where it's still painful, has really been a huge area of me being able to see um, not only redemption, but healing from hurt. Because 
it was very painful and realizing that it was abusive was very painful and like I said there's still times where it's painful but God has healed me from what was done to me and I have been able to grow relationships with people who are just everything to me because of that um and so that was that was one of the the big things of my childhood that you know sticks out as not so good yeah Um, because most of it was good i had a great family and um most everything was good but it just that situation between my mom being sick and just the abuse that came from that relationship and all of those things it's it's the 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 negative side the trauma that was you know that was seen um the other thing i think is i have survived two tornadoes (laughs) um so that's kind of like a fun fact that i can use like because you know that's unusual most people don't experience a tornado like being in a tornado Mm -hmm. truly let alone two and so um one of those actually happened during the time when my mom was sick and that relationship was taking place and so that just kind of added to things yeah. um it was a rough year yeah, that year like <laughs> um my family's home was hit pretty directly and we had to move out um, for a week or two and um the area around my neighborhood um was destroyed like my that area looks nothing like it did when I was young and so um that and the second one was actually when I was in college um I went to William Carey University in Hattiesburg and they had a tornado in 2017 and I was a resident assistant during that time and so like I was the person in charge of all the other people um and so those are two big moments as well that have they were hard and they were painful and it was a lot of um processing to realize the impact they had on me um but I don't think that I would be the person that I am without them. Um, I'm a very prepared person. I like to know things in advance and I like to have things ready ahead of time. And I think some of that is my personality, but I think a lot of that has come from being in two tornadoes. And so, um, yeah. And whenever you went to college, did you know whenever you went in what you wanted to do? No. (laughs) So I, I wanted to be a children's pastor for a while. Um, That was probably when I was like early teens. And then I felt called to missions Um, I went on several missions trips when I was in high school and loved it and felt called to missions. And so when I went into college, I knew that I wanted um, a degree 
in missions, which at William Carey, it was intercultural studies. So I knew I was going to do intercultural studies, but I wanted to have a quote unquote more practical degree mm-hmm. to go with that. And I had no idea <laughs> what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and so my almost my entire fr- my entire freshman year, I was undeclared and just kind of feeling things out not really sure what I wanted to do um and then at the end of my freshman year I declared intercultural studies and psychology double major fully thinking that that would change at some point between my sophomore and senior year and it didn't and so once I had a psychology degree I was like what do I do with this? Right. <laughs> and because my family had um, been a foster family for many years of my life, I think we did it for 14 years. Oh, wow. Um, I really had a heart for social work um, because it was something that I had grown up with yeah. and seen from one perspective, but I knew that there were so many more perspectives to see it from. Yeah. Um, the brother who's younger than me is actually adopted. So Aww. he, um, we got him when he was two weeks old, straight from the hospital. Um, I went with my mom to pick him up and he was the cutest, <laughs> tiniest little thing. Um, and we adopted him when he was three or four. And so foster care and adoption has played a huge role in my life. Yeah. And so once I kind of realized, hey, I could do social work, I started to think about what that would look like because there's so many things you can do with a social work degree. And I really felt like I would thrive in a foster care or adoption type role. Yeah. Um, And so once I graduated college, I went back to Tuscaloosa and went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, (laughs) um, and got my master's in social work. And um, I am now in a foster care position. I work for Southern Christian Services with their therapeutic foster care program, and I love it. Um, It is truly an answer to prayer and seeing things come full circle. So I just had a conversation recently with my dad about how their decision to open their home to foster children mm-hmm. has literally shaped my entire life mm-hmm. because not only did it you know give me additional siblings growing up and my little brother is adopted it has shaped the degree I got the field I went into and now my career and so it's just really cool to see how God used that yeah um and like I'm just so thankful that my parents made that decision um, to go into foster care because it has impacted my life so much. Um, so it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do, but 
I love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade getting to to do what I do now for anything. Um, I can see myself doing this particular position or other positions similar for quite a while. So Okay. And what brought you from Alabama to Mississippi? So when I went to college, I, um, so the church that I grew up in, we did this scholarship competition every year for the youth choir. Okay. And we would compete to earn scholarship money to Westland colleges. Okay. And so I think it was probably my sophomore or junior year. I did a standard oration as part of my competition, which is just like a speech, like you just memorize something and then deliver yeah. it. And so I did it and they had us perform our pieces on a Sunday morning in the church. And a guy who went to our church came up to me afterwards and he said, hey, you're really good at that. You know, you can get like a scholarship to go to college for that right and I was like uh, no <laughs> and so he introduced me to the world of speech and debate and I got a speech and debate color scholarship to William Carey University um, and so that's how I ended up at William Carey and then I made incredible friends while I was there and after I had gone back to Tuscaloosa um, to get my master's I really missed my friends a lot and they all just happened to end up in the Jackson area um, and so after I graduated with my master's I applied to some jobs in the Jackson area because I was like that's where my people are yeah. and I got a job offer and moved here like a week after I got a job offer wow. and it was a whirlwind and it took me a long time to feel this way but um, this has definitely become home yeah. and I miss my family and I hope that it is in my future to be close to them again but this is definitely my home for now yeah I love it was it hard to find like a roommate and stuff whenever you first got here like what was that transition like so when I first moved here I lived alone mm -hmm. um, because it was such a fast process of mm -hmm. getting a job and then having to move and it was also uh, August and so all of the students had kind of taken up all of the housing and there right. weren't many options <laughs> And so um, I lived alone for, I guess, 10 months, 11 months, a full lease length. Yeah. Um, I lived in an apartment, just me and my dog. And then towards the end of my lease, I started talking to my now roommate, Darby, who is one of those friends from William Carey. And um, she was hoping to be able to move out of her parents' house. And I was hoping to be able to um, pay less for rent <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I really wanted to live in a house instead of an apartment yeah and so we found a house and moved in together and we've lived together for a little over a year 
and it has been amazing. Yeah. Um, I always say that there are very few people that I could live with, <laughs> and she's one of the people that it, it just works. Yeah. Um, I think we have grown a lot since we've lived together because we're very much opposites. Yeah. Um, but it has been really, really good, and I think it's been really good for my mental and spiritual health to have somebody who holds me accountable and who challenges me to be a better person. Um, And I think a lot of people don't get that in a roommate situation because a lot of people, when they live together, it's just because they need somebody to live with. And so I have been doubly blessed that I have somebody to live with, but I also have somebody who makes me a better person. And so, it's been great. I love it. And do you have any, like, currently any plans for the future? Any ambitions or goals or dreams? So, I'm laughing because I just was at a training um, (laughs) for my job last week. Mm -hmm. I think it was last week, and we had to interview each other about um, our future goals (laughs) and I turned to my supervisor who was sitting beside me and I said I don't have any goals (laughs) she just kind of laughed and she was like nothing Nothing. and I said well my goal was to get a job in foster care and I did that so dream that what do I do living the dream (laughs) um I don't know. I would love to buy a house, but Mm -hmm. I think that that is very far off for me. I don't (laughs) think that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, I would love to um, get my licensed clinical social work um, license. And so that is a process of going through supervision and... um, learning the more clinical side of social work so that I could do clinical things but I I also just love the casework side of Mm -hmm. things and so I don't know if that's something that I will pursue Um, but it's something that I've thought about yeah Um, but yeah other than that right now I guess I'm kind of in a goal setting Phase. Like, yeah. I've been thinking about my goals since that conversation. Gotcha. And I'm trying to figure out what are some right. that I would like to, to achieve. Okay. So. Well, before we get to your words of wisdom, are, is there anything else that you'd like people to know about you, whether it's hobbies or personalities, like, about who you are, really? Um... I think a lot of people assume, because I'm an introvert and I'm pretty quiet, that I have like a more, um, I don't like this word, but it's the only word I'm thinking of, like submissive personality. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely not the case. <laughs> um, I... I don't mind having hard conversations with people mm-hmm. and I sometimes have to remind myself to give grace mm-hmm. because I 
naturally tell the truth more than I give grace. Mm-hmm. Um, Growing up with brothers, you know. <laughs> yeah, there was no room for grace. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. I guess it takes a lot for me to show people that side because mm-hmm. I am very skeptical. Um, I don't trust people easily. And so, um, if you get to know that side of me, consider yourself in. (laughs) (laughs) If I tell you like it is, then, then we're probably, you're probably close. (laughs) Yeah. We're probably pretty close. (laughs) Okay. And what are your words of wisdom? So, um, when I was about 18, my well I guess I should say first I went through a breakup with my like high school college boyfriend Mm -hmm. and it was my first breakup and it was really hard yeah um because I genuinely thought he was the person that I was gonna marry Mm -hmm. and after being in a abusive relationship before that I think I really bonded to him because he Mm -hmm. treated me well yeah and so it was a really hard time and the night that he broke up with me my mom was talking to me and just comforting me and she has she said something that has just stuck with me ever since and so she referred to the verse in proverbs 17 it's verse 3 it says um The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Mm -hmm. And she talked to me about how we go through hard things in our life Mm -hmm. and we are faced with tough situations. And sometimes those situations feel like they're going to break us Mm -hmm. and we won't be able to go forward anymore. Um, But those situations are used by God to refine us and to shape us into better people, people who are more devoted to Him and people who are more loving and gentle to the people around them. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the thing that has come from that is there are tough situations and there are things that are going to be really hard and I would never downplay that for anybody yeah. because I I don't know what it's like to be any other person mm-hmm. but um, I always hope that I can encourage people the way that my mom did that night yeah. by reminding them that God is still with them and He will use the pain for good and for his will um so yeah (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate you of course Uh, that is all the time that we have for you guys today but tune in next week for next week's episode bye for now bye